The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis with one of our pals from PFF, Sam Monson. And Sam, like, let's look, let's kind of like zoom out a little bit. Like, what do you want to take from this week here in Indy? Like, what are the, the two or three things that you want to learn? Yeah, I mean, for NFL teams, obviously, I think the meetings are huge, you know, getting to actually talk to these guys, getting to, to put a name to a face, and just getting a gauge on the guy's character. It sounds ridiculous, right? But I, I think most people believe that within five minutes of talking to a guy, you know, you've got an idea of what he's like. And at the very minimum, you can weed out some people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Not five minutes. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, the athleticism scores, they're reasonably important. Um, NFL teams now have, you know, accurate tracking data, like GPS stuff as well. It's like a supplement to that. So you're not going to go, hey, this guy ran a 4.2540. This is everything. It's a check. It's just another piece of the puzzle. And then I think there's something to watching these guys just move around during drills. You know, there are some players, even at this level, that just move different, right? That, that just move, have a different way, a different fluidity, a different ease of movement, um, particularly for their size. You see that sometimes. And, and I think that's an important part as well. Like, there's a reason NFL head coaches, NFL general managers are still up in the stands in Lucas Oil, like, watching these guys do drills. It doesn't seem like there should be anything there, but you, you, you can still glean something when you just put all these guys in the same environment and watch them do the same things. You know, Antonio Pierce, Tom Telesco, the silver and black, you know, you're putting the early stages of building this roster in a roster that now candidly has to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs right. yet again as we're, what, two and a half weeks from the win in the Super Bowl. But, you know, you look at this division in general, and it feels like the AFC West really has been the wild, wild west the past couple seasons. But so many moving pieces, right? You know, Harbaugh is now in Los Angeles. What are the Broncos going to do at quarterback? When you look at the division as a whole, you're like, wow, there's certainly no shortage of storylines to follow over the next couple of months as we get closer and closer to the draft. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a really fascinating division. And as you said, it's all like focused through the lens of Kansas City isn't just good now. They're they're on their way to a dynasty if they're not already there. I mean, this is a team that is you're penciling them in for an AFC championship game, if not a Super Bowl, every single season at the start of the year, and they're in your division. You know, that so that's the starting point for every one of these teams is we can't just look at, let's get better, let's win a couple more games. We have to think of, well, how do we get to here? Because that's the standard. Like, even if we get to being a Super Bowl caliber team, we might have to do it the hard way and go through a wild card spot and, you know, be on the road the whole way because Kansas City is likely starting off from a division winning point of view. So, yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating division in part because each one of these teams has to start with that question. How do we beat the Chiefs? How do we get better than them? How do we match them in this arms race where they're starting off with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and you know everybody they've got? You know, speaking of the standard, I mean, Patrick Mahomes in so many ways the standard for NFL quarterbacks, and it will go down as one of the, the greatest of all time. But, you know, you, you look at, at the Raiders and certainly questions surrounding the quarterback position about Aiden O'Connell, is he going to be the guy, is he going to be asked to compete to be the guy, whatever that may be. But you look at where the Raiders are selecting at 13, and, and I'm sure we'll have tons of time in the next couple months to talk about what it would take for the Raiders to go up to get to position X. But if you're looking at kind of some of those second-tier quarterbacks, you know, the, the Bo Nixes of the world, the Michael Penix Juniors of the world, like, is there anyone from that kind of cluster of signal callers that you really like? 
Not really. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah. I, I think that this quarterback class, the more I study it, is, is a little bit underwhelming. You know, we're talking up all of the second guys, right? We're talking up Drake May and Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix and um, J.J. McCarthy and all these guys. And the more I watch them, the more I think the only consistent thread amongst them is they're all way behind Caleb Williams, right? He's the number one guy. He's by far the top guy. And everyone else, there's quite a lot of warts to their game. There's quite a lot of flaws. There's quite a lot not to like. They, they all have tools, so you know it's, it's a little bit in the eye of the beholder. If you think you can coach this guy up, like Drake May has all the tools you could want. Jaden Daniels does as well. J.J. McCarthy. Like there's, there's a lot to work with with all these guys, but they're all far from the finished product. Or, you know, and, and if, say, if you're Washington or if you're New England, you're picking two or three, I'm scared of picking those guys at two or three. I, I don't think that they are ready to be day one starters and be amazing right away. Um, so in a way, you know, picking lower down, picking in the teens is kind of where you want to be. But you might be in a situation where three, four quarterbacks go off the board in the top ten, right? And now you're like, well, how much do I like quarterback five in a class that might not be great? The one name, and they might even be beyond that second tier of guys, that I think is really intriguing, though, is Spencer Rattler. Um, a guy that, that has been in multiple different programs, has played well in multiple different programs, albeit at different levels, you know, showed as well as anybody at the Senior Bowl, has some of that outside of structure, creativity to his game that everybody's coveting at the moment. You know, he's not Mahomes, none of these guys are, but that stuff, you know, the ability to, to make a play when the offense breaks down or when defenses make a play on you, He's got some of that as well. Um, and I think because he was sort of forced to transfer, forced to go somewhere else, forced to rebuild his career, I think he's shown sort of fighting through adversity as well. So he's the guy that you might be able to get in the mid-rounds that actually might have starting potential and could come in and, you know, be competition for a starting job. You know, to that point, though, you know, you talk about picking in the teens and having some of these, you know, concerns about those top-tier quarterback guys. Like, you know, I, I've been preaching to anyone who will listen. Like, if, if the Raiders sitting at 13, if you can get the best player on the board at 13, whether it's an offensive lineman, a cornerback, whoever it is, and you're able to address that quarterback need either on day two or day three, like, to me, that seems like a good way to go about doing it. If, if you're the fan base and you say, hey, we got this stud at 13, and now Aiden O'Connell's going to have some competition in that room, like, that to me seems like a pretty decent place to land for Tom Telesco and company. I think it is in, in abstract terms. The problem is the, the fear of the unknown, sure. right? It's like what happens after this pick before we come around again? And if there's a run on quarterbacks and suddenly there's just nobody left that we like and we didn't already address the position, like now we're, now we're, they end up sort of back where they were a year ago, yeah. right? Which is you move on from Derek Carr, perfectly understandable like decision. It made sense, you know? He was clearly a quarterback of a certain level. He wasn't going to take you where you need to go. He wasn't going to compete with a Patrick Mahomes. So you decide to move on. Everyone understands that throughout the NFL landscape. The problem is, well, what's the who's next, right? What's the the answer after that? And they they tried to make some moves. You know, they took some swings and they they didn't really pull, and none of them came off. You know, they they weren't able to make a deal for a quarterback. They weren't able to trade up. And then you're kind of stuck in this Jimmy Garoppolo, Aiden O'Connell world. It's like, ah, it just, you know, it can go against you if you take that gamble. And I think it could happen again, right? If they, they take the best player available and they say, there'll be somebody available in round two, whether it's Michael Penix or, you know, something like that. And then there just isn't. Mm -hmm. Now you're 
now what the like what's the answer at that point? Now you're in real trouble. So let, let's let's play a game, right? Of the of, you know Sam Austin's GM, right? Like, what do you? How would you attack those first two days then for the Raiders? Understanding like, hey, there's so many unknowns, there's so many variables. Like, how would you kind of attack those first that first round pick and that second round pick for the Silver Black? I, I mean, I think a lot of it is 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 what the what the trade value is for these deals, right? You're you're on the you're on the phone for basically anybody ahead of you, and you're finding out what's what does it take to get to here, what does it take to get to here. Can we move it all? If those deals are too expensive, I think you have to stick where you are because, I, like I said, there's there's enough flaws about all these quarterback prospects that I'm terrified of trading up for one. Whatever about picking one if he falls to, you know, where, where your spot is in the first place, but trading up and giving up extra capital to make that move I think is, is really scary. So I, I would be on the phones. I would find out if there's a deal that is, you know, reasonable enough that you can make that jump. Um, and then you kind of just have to play the draft as it falls. You know, if, if quarterbacks go one, two, three, you're almost immediately in trouble. You're sort of, you're priced out of the market. There's going to be, there's already been a run on quarterbacks. Getting the next one ahead of you is going to be expensive because there's going to be multiple teams trying to do that. So you probably at that point are looking in the second round, looking in the, the, the second tier rather uh, of quarterbacks and trying to get a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix or, or even later Spencer Rattler um, and just relying on taking the best player at those top picks. But it, it's not a great spot to be starting from. Yeah. You, know, you kind of gave me the answer too with your, with your Spencer Rattler tidbit, but like who's a guy, not a top 10 guy, not a day one guy, that when you go and you watch me say, hey, He's just a good football player. He's fun to watch. He's the guy, I think, that, you know, when you get beyond those first, second tier quarterbacks, you're immediately like, does any of these guys have the ability to be a starter, right? First and foremost, does he even have the tool set to get this done? In, and that's with any given draft class, right? Last year, same thing. That's where I start with. It's like, can you paint me a picture where this guy ends up as an NFL starting quarterback? And I think Rattler is the most obvious guy where that exists. He has the tool set. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. He's got some of the moxie. He's, you know, built through adversity. You can craft a world where Spencer Rattler comes in and, you know, maybe he's not Brock Purdy, but, you know, he's the guy that's the unexpected late round guy that comes in and starts and, and plays well. He's the one that if I'm if I'm in that position and I still need a quarterback and we're past the obvious candidates, like that's where my laser focus is going. Yeah, and, and it, like to your point, it makes a lot of sense. You look at the intangibles, to your, like you talked about the adversity, the things that he had to go through as a, as a college kid, figuring it out, moving around, transferring, figure out where is my fit, and then ultimately hopefully finding a fit in the NFL. But Sam, you and the rest of the PFF crew guys do such a great job in this week in particular. So what do we need to be keeping an eye on for all you guys, the stuff that you guys got cooking here in Indy? Yeah, we'll have uh, lots of content and all the PFF social media channels and uh, our YouTube as well. So that's that's where all our You guys make it nice and easy. I was joking with you. You guys make it easy with the Twitter handles. Right. You make it easy to find this stuff. I'm a, I'm a man of simplicity. I'm a man <laughs> of like, hey, make it real easy for me. And you and Dave and the rest of the crew do just that. So hey, it was great to hang out with you. Appreciate you hanging out. And uh, best of luck this week, all right? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Cool.